Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to see all these people here on Easter Sunday. He is risen. Amen. I'm Brian, one of the pastors here. And so if you're visiting with us, we're glad that you're here. And if you are looking for a church to connect with, I'd love to talk to you about that today uh, after the service. And I hope you can come back and check us out again. And if you are regular attenders or members, of course, welcome. They're glad to see you here and some of your friends or family that are with you on this wonderful, wonderful day, a day that has been given to us as a gift. So our gospel passage today is going to be coming from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, and we'll be reading verses 1 through 18. So I invite you to stand as you're able in body and spirit for the reading of the gospel passage. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. And he saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture and that he must raise from the dead. And then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And then she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. And when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And then Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I don't know about each and every one of you and how your Sunday mornings go, but I know for Easter Sunday morning, it's probably a little bit of a rush, to say the least, for some of y'all to get ready to come to church. Many of us have things that we're doing probably after church, or we have spent all week getting ready for, and so Sunday morning was probably for some of y'all a little hectic, getting the outfits together, making sure everything was just so 
If you have family gatherings for lunch, I'm sure you were pre-cooking some meals and trying to keep it good to then take to where you're going. And don't worry, you'll get out at noon today, I promise. I'm not going to throw anybody's afternoon schedule off because I've got a 2 p.m. nap scheduled that I'm going to hold to. So we all have things that I know on Sunday mornings that we're rushing around to get ready and to do. It's almost, it's kind of like, like a race at times. And life seems like a race at times, running for one thing to the next. Monday mornings hit, Tuesday mornings hit, day after day, something to do, somewhere to go. For many of us, our life sometimes feels like a race. Well, that's where we find ourselves at the beginning of this passage here. In the John's Gospel, it starts out with Mary Magdalene going to the tomb of Jesus to finish preparing his body for burial. Jesus was crucified on Friday, the day of preparation in the Jewish life. The day of preparation was the days where the Jewish people would prepare all the food and get everything ready for their Sabbath, which was Saturday, because they didn't do any work on Saturday. I know some of us probably don't do work on Sundays. Back in the day, there's probably folks who didn't even cook on Sundays. Some of y'all may not cook on Sundays still. But the Jewish faith really held to that. They would do everything on Friday, the day of preparation, so they can be Sabbathing all day Saturday. And that also means Jesus' body could not be fully prepared for burial. They had barely enough time to get him off the cross and get him into the tomb before sunset on Friday, which starts their Sabbath. And so this is early, early Sunday morning where Mary Magdalene was going to the tomb. The first opportunity she had to finish preparing her friend, Jesus' body, for burial. It was still dark, very hard to see. And so when she got there and realized the tomb was empty, she ran to go tell the others. She ran. Found Peter and the disciple whom Jesus loved. There's many ideas out there on who that disciple is. Tradition says it's the disciple John, but it could have been any of them. And then Peter and this other disciple raced back to the tomb to see what Mary was talking about. Peter lost the race, and that's forever documented. Sorry, Peter. But he lost the race to the tomb. But when the disciple whom Jesus loved got there, looked in, he didn't see anything, but he didn't go in the tomb. But Peter... He's impulsive. He's the one that got out of the boat and walked on the water. He was the one that cut off the ear of the servant of the guards in the garden when they came to apprehend Jesus. He was ready to have a physical battle there. Peter was impulsive, ready to act. And in this moment, true to his character, he went on into that tomb. And when he went into the tomb, he saw something interesting. Interesting enough for it to be documented in detail in this gospel. The linens that Jesus was wrapped in when he was carried off the cross and placed in a tomb. The linens were not just thrown about the tomb, but they were orderly folded up and placed. And so was the head wrapping orderly and placed. And many people will say, well, why is that important? Think back to another resurrection story that many of us know about when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. 
His friend Lazarus was dead, and he raised him. And when he came out, Lazarus was still wrapped in his burial cloths because he'll eventually need them again. Whereas Jesus was never going to need these burial cloths. They could have been put away because he was resurrected. But they weren't quite getting it yet. They believed that Jesus was missing. They saw that he wasn't there, but they didn't fully understand the scripture and what was about to come. And so they left. They left, but then Mary stayed, who was behind them as they were running to the tomb. And she was there weeping, just crying out of grief and loss. Not only did Jesus in her mind die on the cross and she witnessed that firsthand, but now they don't know where his body is. Who would now steal his body? What was going on? And she was grieving and crying on that Sunday morning in darkness. Then she saw two angels, messengers of God. They were there telling her to not be sad, telling her that Jesus has been raised from the dead. And as she was receiving this message, right behind her she saw someone, not fully understanding who that was behind her, But this person who we know is Jesus said, why are you crying? And these were the first words we have recorded of Jesus after he was resurrected. For our whole series of Lent, for those of you who have been visiting and weren't with us during all those Sundays of Lent, we've been focusing on the last words of Christ when he was on the cross and what the symbolism and the meaning of those final words were for him as he was there dying for our sins. And so today, we're going to take note and highlight his first words that we know, and they were to Mary Magdalene, and they were, why are you crying? You know, you see, Jesus fully understood God's plan, fully understood that he was going to be the vessel that defeats death and pays our price of sin and gives us a path to reconciliation to God with salvation. He knew the plan, and he tried to teach his disciples and those around him like Mary to have faith and hope that God's plan will win out. And so for Jesus, he's like, why are you crying? Do you not know what is supposed to happen? Do not be afraid and do not be sad, but have hope. Why are you crying? But still Mary in that moment thought he was a gardener. Couldn't quite tell. It was not enough daylight yet. But then Jesus called out her name. Called out her name and said, Mary. You know, there's moments in our lives when someone calls your name, it brings Forth a certain attention, like if your parents or grandparents called you by your first, middle, and last name, you know you're about to get in trouble. You know something good is not going to go down. <laughs> or when you reach a moment of achievement in your life, where there's a, a moment where you graduate or you finish your higher degree or whatever it is, and they call your name out in those ceremonies, a moment of pride and accomplishment will come over you. 
Or if you've ever been married before, and when you call out the name of the one you're going to marry, and they call out yours, in that moment, your name has a special meaning. A special attention is called to those moments. There's moments in your life when people say your name, it jolts you to attention. And Mary Magdalene, who's heard Jesus' voice, when he finally called her name Mary, she knew immediately who she was talking to. It was not a gardener, but it was the living Jesus, the one who left the tomb empty and defeated death. And so in this moment, why is this important for us to know this part of the story what does the meaning of the words, why are you crying in this moment, what does this interaction teach us? I think ultimately it teaches us that God has a plan for each and every one of us, whether we realize that plan or not. And that God is with us every step of the way when we can't see him ourselves. When we go through those trials and difficult times in our lives where our eyes are blurred by our tears and we cannot see clearly and sometimes we may not be able to see that God is there with us in the moments. But he is there calling us by name. With us every step of the way in those moments. And until the right time we will then realize that he was amidst us in that process. We are not forsaken. God could have very easily given up on his creation there at the fall in the Garden of Eden. And could have done a new creation and left us for the world. But he did not. His plan for our salvation began in the garden. He did not give up on us, even though we may turn our backs on him. That is true, perfect love. And we get to see that in this moment with Mary and Jesus. Not only did Jesus become resurrected... But then he went and found those that knew him best and called them by name. And so when you see this, Mary, he says, don't reach for me because I have not yet gone to the Father. But go, go tell your brothers in Christ that I am resurrected. Tell them what you have seen. Go. And so Mary becomes an evangelist in that moment and goes out. And finds the disciples to tell them the good news. That Jesus' body wasn't stolen, but he is resurrected. He is alive and living and wants you to know and will come see all of us soon. The next chapter now begins. And so she goes and races to see the disciples to tell them the good news. You know, and as wonderful this is, as beautiful as Easter Sunday morning is with all of the flowers and everybody's nice outfits and seeing family and friends and all these people, as great as this is, and we want to hold on to these moments and cherish these moments, but we are called to not just sit in this moment. As much as Jesus loves his people and Mary wanted to hold on to him in that moment, he said, no, you must now go. And not stay in this moment, but go and tell the good news. Go tell the others. 
And so we are to celebrate this moment of resurrection and Easter Sunday, but we do not just stay still in this moment. We are to go out into our communities, to the people that we know, to the strangers we see, and to live the good news and tell them that Jesus is resurrected, that they are loved, and we are not forgotten. And we are to share that to everyone and to live that love out with our neighbors. That is the mission. That is what we are called to do. That is what Jesus instructs us to do. We are to go out and share the good news and not just hold on to this moment for ourselves. And that, my friends, is the heart of the commission that we're supposed to have. That is why Jesus is sitting there saying, why are you sad? Why are you crying? You knew I was going to come back, but don't just hold on to me. Now go, now go. Scripture contains so many things that are wonderful for our lives. And I really enjoy reading after I hear about the resurrection in John, going back to the very first chapter of John's gospel and reading the very first part about how Jesus came to us. John's gospel lays out Jesus' arrival very differently than the other three gospels do. And I think once we hear this, the resurrection makes sense. So here the first chapter, the first 14 verses of the gospel of John. In the beginning was the word And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through Him. And without Him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. And then there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, or of the will of flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh, and lived among us, and he hath seen his glory, And the glory as of his father's only son, full of grace and truth. When you read the beginning of John and you read the resurrection of John, it all connects. It all connects. Verse 12 says, I love it, it says, But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the power to become the children of God. Who were born not of blood or the will of flesh or the will of man, but of God. For those of us who proclaim the resurrection and have faith in Jesus Christ, we are all now been given the power to be children of God. We are all brothers and sisters in Christ because of this day, because of the truth of his resurrection. You are now part of a large community of faith and believing of Jesus Christ. 
And as the family of God, as children of God, we are to now and help spread that good news. And so today, as we race around to whatever's next, as we race to our lunch plans, as we race to whoever's house we're going to, or as we race to our afternoon nap, may we not forget the truth that we are loved and are children of God as we proclaim the faith that Jesus Christ was resurrected. And today, death was defeated because of what he did on the cross. Let us pray.